Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Movie Night podcast. Uh, my name is Jessel. This is my first time hosting it. So uh, so this is a big one for me personally. And today we have two extra special guests. We've got Luke Chandley and Simon Dowling. So how are you guys doing? Yeah, re- really, really well. Excited to talk about the film. Uh, excited to be on. Just uh, I think it should be a good, a good hour, a good hour for people to listen to. So yeah, really excited, mate. Yeah, me too. Very happy to be here. Thanks for asking me on and i'm looking forward to talking about what was a, a very highly enjoyable film well that film is a star is born so moving forward on the movie night podcast we're going to try and cover some more kind of relative uh, relevant ones and be on the ball a bit more i guess um a star is born was only released a short while ago like on um on basically october the 5th of 2018 and it is the directorial uh, directorial debut of Bradley Cooper and also features Lady Gaga. Those are the two principal leads. Now, it is actually a remake. Well, it's pretty much, I think, the fourth remake. So originally there was like a 1937 version, then 1955. And then there was a Barbara Streisand version in the 70s. And uh, there's been quite a long gap now. And it's popped up once more. Um, just before anything else, have you guys actually seen uh, any of the previous versions? I um I haven't no I actually um to be honest with you I wasn't like I wasn't hugely familiar um like like with them in general like any of the versions and up until quite early doors I wasn't really that familiar with with the uh the recent one like it wasn't really on my radar um I think maybe if it had been uh if it had been on my radar early doors I probably would have looked back and tried to watch at least like the the, the one with uh, Barbara Streisand in um but no no I haven't seen any of them. I haven't either, actually, and it's probably going to be a little bit thick, but I didn't even know that this film had been made when I went to when I went to watch it the first time, and then I just found out. I think it was the next day that it had been remade, as as you mentioned, three different times before. So I'd definitely be interested in watching them now, just to see how it, like, what they picked from the them films and how. Bradley kind of made his own 
his own vision of the film. So it would be from that perspective, I definitely would be interested in looking back at them now. Yeah, I mean, for myself, I had actually seen the original 1937 film, um, but none of the others, bizarrely enough. Like uh, the Barbara Streisand one is is epic in in terms of the reputation of it. And uh, I've never seen it before. Very strange. In terms of the plot of the film, it's pretty simple. It kind of adheres to to pretty much most of the ones that went before it, where you've got a star who's kind of on the wane a little bit. Um, in this case, his name is Jackson Maine, played by Bradley Cooper. And uh, he comes across, in this case, uh, a waitress called Ali. And uh, she's also a singer-songwriter. And uh, he's amazed by her talent. And then they head off on a, on a um, romantic way as well. And she, um, she pursues a professional music career herself, uh, helped by Jackson Maine. And it's just about the trials and tribulations and, um, the kind of narrative arcs of both of them and how they cross and all that kind of stuff. It's also got a quite amazing soundtrack in terms of the, um, the emotional roller coaster of the film. And it seems to have hit the mark on a popular level in certain ways. Uh, the budget of the film was only about 40-odd million, and it's already raked in well over $200 million thus far globally. And it's not even been out a month, really. So I think this is one of those ones where, what do you guys think? Do you think this is going to be one when it gets on kind of Netflix and Amazon Prime where people are going to really kind of binge watch this in terms, or just repeat watch it more? I think um, I've been I've been thinking I was thinking about this a little bit earlier um, in terms of like how it how it's done versus how I think it'll do maybe in like twelve months time um, because when I wasn't I wasn't that too too interested in it like when I kind of first heard about it I kind of went I went I went to see it on a little bit of a, a bit of a whim um, and I, I kind of thought oh well I'll just, you know I've got nothing on I'll just go I'll go to the pictures and, and watch it um, but I actually think the Kind of like the, uh, the literature and the marketing material that like was put forward for the film in terms of like posters, billboards actually didn't reflect it like how I actually watched it in the film. I think it, it came across with a bit more of a sheen on the, um, on the trailer and especially on the posters. Um, but and, and I think I feel like there'll be a few, I've spoke to a few people who've kind of thought, Oh, it's just like a kind of a hairy fairy, like romantic kind of romantic comedy or romantic film. Um, so I do think it'll kind of go in ebbs and flows in terms of people will, people will hear more about it and it'll probably have quite a long kind of cinema, uh, release. And then I do think, yeah, people, whether it hits Netflix or, or like Skygo or, or whatever, I do think it'll have quite, um, a heavy audience. Um, just because, just because I think it did seem a little unusual and a little bit off kilter a little bit, maybe, um, compared to what it actually was. So I can see, I can see kind of like, it taken a good couple of years for like you know a, a lot of people to see it, um, but I mean it's got a good it's got a good reaction kind of you know as it's as it's been released and as people are talking about it. So so um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that type of thing go forward. Yeah. And what about yourself, Simon? Yeah, I've, I actually felt pretty much ex- exactly the way that Luke felt. I saw the trailer for it and I thought it looked really bad, and I was like, I'm, I basically said, I'm not, I'm never gonna watch that film it looks like a really really light easy kind of like a pop film with very little very little edginess and darkness in it and um the ads as well it wasn't really very well advertised as what the film actually was so i feel like what looks i think it's the 
type of film that it's been it's been very well re viewed across the board and most people who I've spoken to have kind of all expected it to be bad and have been have come out of the film and gone wow that's not the film that I was expecting it was a fantastic film so I think word of mouth will spread with it I think it's one of those type of films that will take a bit of time but I think as it builds up and more and more people tell their friends to kind of watch it I think it will I don't know if it'll ever be like a monster film but it'll be it'll be it'll be one of them films that you that you'd probably watch like maybe every four or five years and um I think it it's I think it'd be a film that has pretty good rewatchable value to it as well yeah I mean we're in the spoiler free section right now and um and then upon my signal we will jump into spoilers so we're kind of dancing around what that what actually happens in the film right now but yeah I agree with those sentiments to be honest I think it's I, I personally try not to watch trailers of films now because I like the surprise element. So I really liked the surprise element of where this caught me because even though I have seen the original, I'm very familiar with the original material and the kind of what was going to happen effectively. Um, the, uh, the actual way that Bradley Cooper directed it and how current it was and also Lady Gaga's performance, it, it really was a revelation to me and it caught me by surprise, like even on an emotional level. Um, this is an incredible roller coaster. This film, like I was not expecting it once. Uh, like you guys, I was kind of expecting perhaps a bit more fluff. Um, but there was this was pretty yeah. gritty. I mean, it, it really did. It pulled very few punches, to be honest. And uh, I think that was to the 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 credit of Cooper. He could have. But it's one of these things where I think maybe if you're kind of like in a couple and you go on a date night, then it would cover almost every single box pretty much that on sort of both levels, I think, because it wouldn't, it's not like a traditional rom-com with some music chucked in. It's not like a traditional musical. Um, it, it just incorporates all these elements and treats them quite tenderly as well. And I think that was one of the, the things that I loved most about this film. Um, I tell you what, let's, um, let's jump into spoilers now. So, uh, so just in case you haven't watched the film, then this is the point where you probably pause it, go watch the film and then come back to us. And, um, so guys, what did you think? Why don't we go to you first, Simon? So overall, yeah, I was, I was, as I mentioned, I was expecting it to be bad. And I think when you expect a film to be bad, it makes it even better when it's not. And that's not to say that the film was like a, like a average film, but I just found my, I, I found myself being fairly invested in it. But what I also thought, um, I liked it when the film finished, but I found myself thinking a lot about it for the next week or two. Um, and I found that the more, I invested in that and the more I kind of picked the film apart, the more I liked the film. So I was like, it's, it's got a lot of depth in it. Um, and I think as a person, I work in the music industry and I've been in bands for a long time. It definitely paints a much more realistic picture of what life is like in the band. It deals very well with the kind of darkness, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, and um, all of the kind of bad things that most people don't either know about or just ignore because they don't want to know about it. And it really kind of just hits on that, the kind of high when things are at their best and how bad things are when they're bad. So it really bounces back and forth between the extreme highs of being in a band and having a crowd and all of that, like the buzz and then the actual horrible darkness that we see um that we see bradley cooper fall back 
into with drink and drugs and he's obviously got severe severe depression and uh he's kind of bottled he's bottled all of that stuff up and it it's kind of explored through his music as well and uh and what about yourself luke uh yeah i, I don't want to go over old ground but i, I agree i agree with Sai in terms of i think when you don't expect a film um to kind of amount to much or you, you know you're kind of watching it maybe even you're not even watching it you're kind of half on your phone half watching it but and, and that's exactly what i expected really i didn't expect to come out of it again really thinking about it that much um but i think just from the first from the first shot um of him like going on stage um i think it's a, that like that uh not to get too much into detail, but that first shot I think grabs, like grabbed my attention because um, you know it looks so good, it's so intriguing in terms of he takes a swig of his drink because I mean within the first ten seconds he has some pills and takes some drinks, so I mean that's not coincidental. So ultimately you, you're kind of thinking, oh, what, I wonder what's going on here because I, I mean I didn't obviously I said I haven't seen the source material, um, the the previous film, so I like. I mean, I didn't have a clue what, you know, you know, it was all new to me in a way. Um, I kind of knew it was based on music ever so slightly, but other than that, I didn't know. And, and that first scene where he, where he's walking on stage, it's like a massive crowd to a really well lit, well shot, um, scene kind of grabbed my attention straight away. And it like had me on side almost from there where, where, where otherwise it was kind of nonplussed. Um, I think that beginning was really, really like a good start for the film. Um, but and and then moving moving on just to talk about the film in general. Um, I do. I think it was it was a complicated one to sum up. Really, uh, I thought in general, I thought it was ex- excellent. I loved it, and I came away. Uh, I came away thinking about it again. Like, you know, the day after, and then I, I saw it for a second time just to kind of take in because it is like like you said. Um, it's such a roller coaster. Um, you know, I, I didn't. I really didn't expect it to be so deep and so euphoric and so upsetting like all in one big two-hour snowball essentially um but i i just i just i love the way i think i love the way that it was quite i'd probably say kind of shakespearean in a way because it was you know it was so it was like it was romantic but also so like depth of despair and 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 like you say it, it pulled it didn't pull any punches which i i thought was awesome um, and obviously we'll move on to kind of like the end of the film. So I won't really, I won't really touch on that too much, but I think that was a really good way in my opinion to kind of end. Obviously that's, that's what happens in the earlier films, but I, you just didn't expect that twist at all. And, um, I just think that in general, it just caps off a really like captivating film. And I, I just, I just loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. I think you used a great word there, snowball, because it starts off and you're just gradually rolling down the mountain and it picks up, picks up more and snow and then debris and twigs and trees and this and that. And once you get to about the, the one hour 45 minute mark, then bang, it just hits this brick wall and everything yeah. stops. And, and that's the point where I think what Bradley Cooper's in, in rehab at that point. And so the last kind of 15, 20 minutes really is kind of, it's uncomfortable to watch, to be honest. I was, people were shifting around in their seats and didn't quite know what to do. And then, and then it kind of goes into this real, you know, the, the, the depths of despair and, and like half the cinema's crying their eyes out and stuff. And mm. it was incredibly emotional. But that first hour and 45 minutes, it does encapsulate a lot um, and very many different plot points and all these fascinating back characters as well. I mean, we'll get to those, but 
why don't we kick off with the, the two principal leads? So we've got Bradley Cooper as Jackson Maine. And so uh, he's a famous country singer. Um, and as you were mentioning, he's got uh, an alcohol and drug addiction. Um, how do you guys think he did? Why don't we go to you, Simon? Good. I mean, I'm a massive big fan of him anyway. And um, I didn't think that he had that in him. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty tough thing. I mean, acting and then he's bit, like, he, like uh, from the first time that we, that he's that he appears on stage it's like he's in a band and you nearly don't think of him as a as a actor anymore he's he's that person in the band he kind of has just the way he's playing the electric the electric guitar he just i don't know i like i just like was kind of like in the band with him and i think how that first bit is filmed is it's 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 kind of all on it's all on him and you don't really it's not moving around to the rest of the band which was quite a strange way of being filmed but i thought that worked really well and that just makes you think like it's not really about his band it's just about kind of him you know he's the main person he's the he's the person who's gonna go through this huge roller coaster of a ride for the rest of the film and um i just think yeah i thought he just really got into the role very well very there's a lot of depth there very emotional as well and the direction was fantastic too um especially that's the first film that he's ever that he's ever done and to be the, to be the lead in it as well and um, so i was very impressed by him yeah and uh, yeah luke what did you think of uh, what did you think of him kind of inhabiting a country singer because because obviously he's he's not really from that that scene is he i think he's in new yorker or something yeah um i think i think he i think you would you would probably um if you, if you kind of if you kind of went in there without knowing kind of who he was anything like that like where he was from i think you'd i do think you kind of you would imagine he was come from that like a uh, lower south american not not saying like south america <laughs> southern yeah southern uh, united states area um like I, th- I think he did really well um because i don't think it was the character in general um he doesn't oh, he doesn't over egg, um, like the, the character's personality. Cause he's, I think, um, I remember, compa- I think I compared him, um, on Twitter to, um, Hank Moody from, from Californication, um, which is like my favorite ever show, which kind of probably goes to show why I enjoyed this film so much. But he's quite like a, I wouldn't say like a flawed genius, but like a, a flawed, he's a flawed artist, but, and he does quite um quite arsy things throughout the like throughout the series and, and then throughout this film um going back to the film but he is he's he is he is charming and i think you do get the idea that he is a he is a good like he's a good dude he's a good guy um because some of like the blazing arguments or or some of the things that he does in the film i think if it wasn't played so kind of so perfectly by cooper i think you could you could easily come out of that film thinking that the character, you know, wasn't wasn't that sound. He was a bit bit of an arse. Um, but that just, I think, that does um, all come back to um, Cooper on that one, really, um, about being like kind of charming and flawed, but generally like a good a good guy, um, or you know, for the character type thing. Um, so yeah, I thought he I thought he did really really well. I don't think he, I think it would have been really easy actually because because of some of like the demons that the character have got to kind of throw it into like total despair but it's always 
controlled in like quite a very human way, I think, with, with the character. It's never, you know, it's never kind of, uh, the bottle's never fizzed up and exploded. It's always kind of like very human. You, you, you do feel he's quite real. I think, I think you do empathize with the character, um, because you can see it, it could easily be, I mean, it could easily be a true, it could easily be a true story, really. Um, so yeah, I think Cooper did, I think Cooper was really good in, in, as uh, Jackson. Yeah, I think one of the um, the kind of principal scenes that stood out to me was, you know, when he was at the Grammys and he was uh, supposed to be, what was it, um, performing in that tribute Troy to Orbison, Roy Orbison. Yeah. yeah, for me that kind of encapsulated much of that film because at that point he's teetering on the edge and you're really kind of worried about him and think, oh my God, what is going to go on here? He's already yeah. kind of been demoted for the newer, younger guy and um, and he's sort of wobbling on stage and shaking. He's clearly very drunk. And as soon as the music starts, as soon as he starts playing, he is just bang on point. And for me, it's kind of like the music always brings him back to himself. And so yeah. so does Ali through the music and her own personality. And when he loses those things, then that's when he really loses himself, to be honest. And so for me, like I think in terms of the direction, what he did really well is kind of, like you were saying with that opening scene, you see him pop a couple of pills, you see him drink, and then you see his um, his hearing problems as well. They're like, look, please wear this thing in your ears, protect your hearing, and you know the ringing in his ears and stuff like that. And and they managed to kind of hit those points in in a very succinct way. And um, but in terms of his narrative arc, I think he's slightly easier on the eye than the previous films because I think they're kind of a bit more arsehole-ish in, in the, most of the previous films, whereas mm. he's inhabited the male character and, and been a bit more kind of affable. And uh, I, the, the thing that I like as well is that he's he's so nice to people. You know, like people can be real dicks to, to music stars and be like, oh, you know, take a selfie and then, you know, blah, 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 and harass these people. But he's so easygoing and he's just... It, maybe it's that point of his career because his best days are possibly behind him uh, in terms of creatively. And and so he's just maybe a bit more respectful of of you know the the general public, or he's more accepting of his role and stuff like that. Um, and then obviously he comes across Ali. So I mean, let's talk about Lady Gaga as Ali. There there have been a lot of like really raving reviews about her. Uh, I mean, Simon, what did you think of uh, of Lady Gaga as Ali? I thought she was interesting. She's um she's a very she has a very particular look about her um which worked quite well and i think they definitely they definitely played that up as that she, she wouldn't be your kind of your traditionally attractive woman that's not to say that she's not but you know they kind of had this whole thing oh no one ever looks at me that way and she kind of she blames her her bad looks and her words on why she is never actually made a big in the music industry and he's the first person to really pay any attention to her so um, I thought in that respect it was a way, that was a nice pick um, I wasn't as blown away by her as some people were um, I thought she, at times she maybe lacked a little bit of emotion um, but in a way that's also quite realistic as well she, it wasn't that she was ever too over the top and I felt that she was often in, she seemed to be in control fairly well of the way that, that she felt and also what she wanted. Like when, um, when she starts kind of getting pushed in a more of a pop 
way you never feel like that she's being forced into it she's always like quite happy being that and that's what and that's what she wants to have and i just think that that she just wants to be big she wants the fame and and her voice was absolutely unreal in the film that i didn't expect from i mean i know that i wouldn't be her biggest fan but her voice was incredible and just when you're Watch it in the big screen and just fills the whole room, and um, especially that one when she when she pops up on stage for the first time, and he he's like you know asking her up, and then she comes up and she's a little bit kind of holding back a bit, and then she bursts out and to that big bit at the end, and the camera kind of pans out, and you get the whole view of the crowd, and her voice just fills the room. I've, it's I've got goosebumps. I've got goosebumps yeah. describing it right now. It's <laughs> bringing it that back to me. Was, you know? <laughs> like that was a really, like, kind of... That's a really high point, and I think that's what we've touched on a little bit, how that makes him feel like, like a normal person in a way. It's them things that he is constantly trying to find, and he wants to just live in those little pockets of space and when he's not there he feels bad and I think that she kind of becomes a kind of like what alcohol is for him that's kind of her and he wants her to be that person for and I like that she is independent enough to want to do her own thing and to not let him kind of talk her into being what like he you know like he'd always be like oh a person who's in a real band, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't write words like that, or they wouldn't play pop kind of songs. But she just is like, well, I want that. So I mean, she's she's also in her thirties, isn't she? So like, time isn't on. Her yeah, side, she's younger, you know? isn't she? Yeah. But in or terms, she... well, I mean, no, I mean, oh, I think no, she's sorry, supposed yeah, to be yeah. like thirty-one in the film, and and normally, you know, like like they, the record labels try and pick these artists up when they're in their late teens or early 20s and stuff so for her like time isn't necessarily on her side so she's probably more open to just doing whatever it mm. takes really um fast tracking it yeah yeah i mean even like the dynamic with her manager as well um i mean luke what did you think of uh, lady gaga as ali um yeah i thought <clears throat> i thought she was like re- like really like surprisingly um good um but whether that should have been a surprise or not, I don't know, considering, I mean, <clears throat> everything that Gaga seems to have put her hands to seems to have been like a huge success, whether it's like writing or singing uh, uh, pop tracks. Um, but yeah, I just thought she was really good. And I think I think in that term of um, when we said earlier about the, the film Snowballing, I, I do feel like whereas kind of Cooper comes into it, like almost like the experienced actor, he just like takes the reins and cracks on from the very first scene. I do think um, she she gets better the more she's given to play with. So you know, at the start of the film, she's very much kind of um, not not just the love interest, but I mean, you, you're introduced with uh, Jackson, who goes on to kind of you can tell there's something there between the two of them, but it's very much Jackson's film. Um, and then as you go on, and as she kind of develops, and his star starts to fall, she both Ali and Lady Gaga get given like. A little bit more to work with, um, like especially kind of from obviously there's the actual the music itself, which as we said was her voice is spectacular, but even up to kind of I suppose the like even just before the rehab scene where they're having like the argument in in the uh, in the bathroom and then 
and then the rehab scene and then eventually at the end the, the, the actual whole end kind of 20 minutes um where she's on her own uh she i think she really comes into a into her own in, in that in that area of the film but i just think it i think in general it, it it really benefits from having the music benefits from someone who's who's kind of proven to be able to write hit songs um whether it be kind of like the first few tracks that's that more country based i think it does help having like a legitimate like pop icon um for kind of the last 15 years in that lead role um and i, I just think yeah i just think she's she's really really good um yeah, I would. I wouldn't say anything bad about her, really. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the soundtrack, I mean, we are going to come to that. Um, but just a quick one on that. She, I mean, I don't think she kind of wrote everything. She she wrote certain bits of it, and then they also got Willie Nelson's son. I think his name's Lucas Nelson. So he wrote some of it. Um, Mark Bronson, the producer, came in, and there was another songwriter, Hilary Lindsay. Oh, nice. um, yeah, it's things you don't quite realize, and uh, so I mean, that's now available just to stream or buy. Um, so it's quite quite interesting i think there are two versions of it as well the soundtrack so you can get one where it kind of um it it puts little clips of dialogue from the film in between songs and then you can get one just no dialogue <laughs> basically so just pure tunes yeah just pure tunes so so it's interesting i'd love to know like obviously they probably will never divulge which one sells more but it would be quite interesting to know what people are really thinking of <laughs> because i i guess one of them is more kind of i guess making you think more about the film itself and one of them is separating the songs from the film like i guess it just depends what kind of fan of the film you are um in terms of like my own thoughts on lady gaga and her performance well i I mean i guess more the the character of ali one takeaway that i kind of I, i didn't really see many reviews talking about it but i just felt she was probably constantly let down by the men in her life to be honest because if you see like her father was constantly putting her down at, at the beginning, just saying, oh, you know, you're, you'll never be like this, never be like that. You're not as good as this person or that person. And, and you can see her body language as she's doing the dishes, just shrinking and she's just shrinking before your eyes. Yeah. And, and, and then in terms of Jackson, Jackson does infuse her with this belief. And, you know, when she's just singing in the parking lot, he's just blown away and, and, um, he, you know, he, okay, he falls in love with her, but he does fall in love with her voice as well and her, and her ideas and her songwriting. And, and then gradually as she kind of becomes bigger, you know, he does become resentful. There's that scene where he smears the, the cream on her face or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I think in the previous films, it's a lot more than that. Like they, they tone that down a lot more in this film. Um, but also the, the manager that she has as well. The manager is, is that kind of typical, you know, and if you've worked in the music industry, he's that typical kind of like, He's, he's not quite as slimy as, as you could get, but the interesting thing that I thought with him is that when he faces off with Jackson on his own, so they're just one on one and, and he makes this little comment and that's the, the comment that basically sends Jackson down this spiral and onto killing himself. And, and people don't really talk about that, that because obviously Ali's trying to build him up and build his confidence up and everything. And, and the, the, the manager just completely deflates him in one fell swoop and and i think that's that shows just how fragile uh jackson main was uh his character so in, uh, i just i just find it interesting you know in the modern day landscape where where we are right now women are constantly let down by men and and just in this film that the way that it does it is in a much more subtle way it doesn't bag you over the head but it's something that you it kind of creeps into your thoughts um okay so the soundtrack what did you guys think have you listened back to the soundtrack I have, yeah. I've listened to it quite a lot. I, um, like, I just had Shallow on, like, on repeat for, like, 
I don't know why it's so like it's so euphoric, I suppose. But um, I do. I mean, I think I think that's what kind of helps helps make it work as a film. The fact that you know they are, I think they are like so, they are songs. It's it's you know it is they're written like like you say with all like the kind of the musicians and the producers that are involved. Um, you know that's what they're, go- they're going for legitimacy. They're not going for fluff like we mentioned earlier. They are. I think they are going for um to try and create some like legitimate tracks that like people enjoy and kind of associate with certain sections of the film um and obviously that's i mean i think i, I imagine a lot a lot of films do go for that but um they're all as far as i know like original tracks for the film um so i think that's really interesting I, I kind of in terms of and this kind of goes back to lady gaga a little bit i kind it reminded me a li- slightly of um like kind of this generation's not in not in genre, but this generation's Eight Mile, um, with like obviously Eminem was like the breakout star. He was like a like a truly like global icon, um, and and you know that film was kind of I suppose kind of semi probably almost entirely um, biographical, um, but then he kind of he had a heavy hand in like what was actually the, the, the music in the film. He kind of got a lot of praise from that. Um, so I kind of think in in a little weird in a little weird way that's kind of like there's a bit of a link there with with Gaga being obviously like that's been her her first film role, um, and with the music and kind of being a, being a, like a, a true A list kind of you know this is this isn't B list or C list you know this isn't this is they are entertainers um so I think and I think the soundtrack does benefit from having like legit music people involved um. Because the music does kind of hold the film. Um, I think the, the music's almost a main character. It's almost kind of like Ali Jackson and the music, and they all kind of dip in and out at certain points. Um, and I really got that from the film as well. Um, I think that, that's something I really, I really, really liked. That's a great point. I mean, for me, listening back to the actual soundtrack, it's funny. I actually thought I would love the soundtrack. As soon as I left the film, I was like, oh my God, please put the soundtrack on now. Cause it, cause I saw an advance of it. So I had to wait like, I guess a week or so. And, yeah. uh, and then when I listened back to the soundtrack, I don't know. It didn't grab me in the same kind of way as, um, as maybe thinking about the film did like certain, I think there are certain tentpole songs in there. Yeah. Um, like you were saying, like shallow or always remember us this way. Um, I'll never love again. And, uh, but the one for me that really kind of grabbed me was, was maybe it's time. Maybe it's time, the always time. And like that, that performance by Bradley Cooper, I think he was just, was that the one when he was just in that bar on his own with his guitar? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that one. That was my, yeah. th- this is my jam from this soundtrack for sure. Um, <laughs> but also it kind of like you, you know how you referenced eight mile. For me, it kind of really brought back the bodyguard. Like there were, there were these, these kind of like, um, these tonal shifts in the last song. The last song I think she did was i'll never love again and and that really reminded me of i will always love you by whitney houston and, and like even there are certain sort of melodies in it i was like uh I was, when i was sitting there mm-hmm. watching the film i was like is this wait, wait is this <laughs> is, is this whitney or what it's quite funny so yeah. so so it, i don't that must be a conscious thing they could not have like just done that without thinking about it a little bit so it, it's interesting how you can tie in the musical history of these these films where you take a legit a-list music star and put them in a film because it can go wrong um but whitney houston oh, did yeah. a great job in the bodyguard madonna's sort of tried over the years and in, in, in various successes and, and non-successes and this um I mean, Lady Gaga's voice in the film itself is just absolutely incredible, isn't it? I mean, 
Yeah, like, uh, but also Bradley Cooper. I think Bradley Cooper does a good job as well. Like, yeah, he's got a good voice. He's got a very good voice. It's very, it's very appealing and it's easy on the ears as well. And I think, um, okay, I would never probably buy a Bradley Cooper album, but I mean, you know, in the same way that you would kind of maybe get to a Lady Gaga album, but, uh, but it, but it was definitely, definitely interesting. And I love what you said. It was like one of the main characters, the music is, and, and I can see this becoming, more and more kind of like a more of a snowball effect over the years as as these songs kind of gradually infiltrate pop culture um i mean let's just cover a few of the secondary characters because they they do have crucial roles uh there is jackson's brother and uh it's played by sam elliott uh bobby main so so um simon what did you think of bobby hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I love him. He's a fantastic actor. I just thought he was like a perfect fit for that role. In most in most films that most films he's in, he just has this perfect, cool kind of, of like this this really good aura about him that he he just makes me feel like warm inside whenever I see him on screen and hear him talking that slow little kind of. Uh, Droll, yeah. that he has. <laughs> I just think I'm always reminded of the of the big Lebowski though. Whenever I see him in any film, mm-hmm. um, but I thought he fit that role very well. He was kind of the he was kind of like Bradley Cooper's anchor in a way. He's the person who's been there for his entire life. He's pretty much like his dad. You know, he's um. We kind of get, like, we don't get the fullback story, but we get enough to kind of know that his, that he, his dad was an absolute asshole anyway. And his brother, I think he went off to try and make a big as a musician himself. And obviously Bradley Cooper, he really looked it up to him a lot. And there's that bit in the film where he talks about how Bradley robbed his, took his, like his thing from him and kind of tried to be him, but he actually made it big. So there's definitely a bit of bitterness there in that way. Um, 
I, I would have liked to have got a little bit more of that backstory, but maybe like the film wasn't really about him, but um, it definitely explains Bradley's um, alcoholic drug abuse and his um, his kind of bastardry, if that's a word that I can use. <laughs> <laughs> and it definitely like it's 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 kind of enough to see why he acts that way. But um, and then you find out that he did his dad hang himself as well, or do we find out what happened to his dad? Um, I, I don't remember. Think he, I think he. I don't think he hung him. I don't think he hung he himself. Just I can't remember. Died, yeah, no, that was yeah. uh, that was Bradley. That was Jackson Maine tried to hang himself, didn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. When he yeah. was a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, t- t- for me, that like just jumping in when when him and Bobby have that moment in the car, and I think that must be the last interaction between them. That was the bit that got me because I I'd, yeah. I'd not cried up until that point and then oh my god I just completely let go because I've got an older brother and it was just like oh, oh that was just oh that just completely got me <laughs> up until that point I was rock solid <laughs> um, but in terms of the, the only the only criticism I've had is uh, I kind of needed subtitles a little bit when Bobby spoke because he's got that beautiful droid but I was like. Yeah. Sorry, dude. I just kind of missed that little. Could you just rewind what you just said? I just this is why I always put subtitles on when I'm watching anything at home, basically. So, um, so I mean, Luke, was, was there anything else that any of the other characters that um, that side characters, maybe Dave Chappelle or Andrew Dice Clay, or um, I liked. Um, I I found the manager an unusual one, um, and an unusual character. I don't. I thought he was good, and obviously he plays quite like like you mentioned before. He quite, plays quite a big hand in actually how the film turns out because I think that was the first point where I thought I think you know I, I didn't I didn't as I, I didn't know that I would go the film would go on to see Jackson kill himself. I I just kind of thought like maybe he'd either leave or maybe they'd just be happily ever after. But I think when you can see the reaction of Jackson to the, to the manager saying you know it's it's you know it's always going to be always something else is going to come up, and I won't let you ruin a career essentially or, or life. I think you can see on his face that something's going to happen. Um, and I, I, obviously he had to, he had to bring it all together, but I kind of felt he was a little bit like the kind of panto, like a bit of a pantomime bad guy. Um, it just didn't sit that, sit that well with me in terms of the tone of the film. Um, but I liked, I really liked uh, Dave Chappelle's character. Um, I think that was like not necessarily comic relief, but that whole scene where kind of, he picks Jackson up from the side of the curb, and you find out that like it's it's just that, that whole that whole really light, like a light little like kind of not even comic relief but like slight comic relief, and um and then you find out like a bit of a backstory to like them knowing each other and like you almost see that like Jackson has got one old friend who can kind of semi rely on to pick him up from from a drunken stupor, um and then that whole like scene where they get married. I think it's just like really sweet. Um, like it fits in really well with the film. And again, they don't over dramatize it. It's kind of just a bit of like a semi montage, isn't it really? But I love, I love the role that Dave Chappelle has in that. Um, like it's kind of a bit of acting, but it's kind of almost him just kind of moving the story on a different, a different route slightly. Um, so I thought that was a really awesome character. I really, I really enjoyed that. And yeah, I, I think, I think Bobby was, Bobby was a really good character. Um, it was acted really well. He, like, you, you kind of, um, in a way, you almost thought, like, he is, you know, he is a tour manager. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's how, it's what you imagine kind of like old rock stars to have, like, tour managers such as that. And I think he is very sweet. And the bit where, like, obviously, there's the two scenes, I think, that are quite important. There's 
there's the, obviously the end one, which again, just like absolutely broke me because, because you also kind of feel like weirdly that was going to be the last time they spoke, even if you didn't quite know what was happening, the way that, the way that that happened. And then he kind of turned back and pulled away in the car and you could like see Bobby's face. I think you did get the hint that that wasn't just a normal, um, yeah. a normal scene, I think really. Um, but the, also the, the other scene that there is, is when they argue first. So like Jackson comes in, punches him when he sell, when he finds out he's a uh, Bobby sold his father's ranch. And then you get the bit where he's saying, how am I going to keep, you know, keep track of that when I'm babysitting your ass? I think he says, and, um, and it's, it's, I think it's nice to not just have him be like, um, a kind of almost an extra character. There's like a real emotional depth to like that relationship, especially with the stealing. I think he says, doesn't he, that you, he stole his voice. And if, I, I just think like, the, the, although it's a film for like the main characters, I think it would, you would, you wouldn't have had it move on half as, half as well almost with the, with the amount of like almost quite dark content if it hadn't have been for like the few extra, extra characters that, that, that work really well. Yeah, in terms of the dark content, I mean, the the other kind of thing we really need to reference, because again, we're in 2018 right now, one of the themes of the past year has been the mental health of men, because it's been so, swept under carpet for such a long time. And I think this film really brings it front and centre, because clearly, okay, you know, you could separate it and say, well, Bradley Cooper plays a, a rock star. And, you know, this is just what rock stars have traditionally done. You know, you get ones who kind of burn out or ones who kill themselves and, or le- le- you know, get addictions or this or that. It's just their personality traits and that's what makes them great or fuels them. But then you can argue completely different things. But in terms of the mental health aspect of it, he's had a tough bringing, uh, upbringing and he, you know, he tried to commit suicide as a teen. And, and, but I, I really liked how, the the film didn't shy away from it and it didn't shy away from the ultimate conclusion of it um no. which i mean what did you guys think do you think there has been some criticism because i mean i personally didn't think that the film glamorized his his death scene in any way shape or form but some people have said well they shouldn't have put it in there because you know this could trigger people or this or that or, or i mean how do you think the the entire kind of that the whole thing was handled really I, to be honest, with you, I didn't think I didn't think anything um, in terms of like the triggering aspect. I actually thought I'm kind of I think it's refreshing to have to have kind of that type of ending. I mean, you, I didn't. I was very surprised that that that, that was how the film ended in terms of Jackson uh, like take, taking his life. I, I think um, I'm glad I am glad that it didn't shy away from that. But I don't think I don't think it did glamorize it. Um, I think because it's it's done very. I think it's done very classily you don't you know you kind of see it, it in fact i think the shot is of his of his like midriff isn't it or like kind of like upper legs and you see like the i think you see the belt and you kind of see him stumbling around slightly and then there's obviously the bit where he kind of puts the hat down which is kind of a weirdly emotional um but i, I don't but other than that you kind of just see the the shot of the garage and then the obviously the dog walks up and sits down i just think all of all of the extra kind of extracurricular shots, if you like, were really hard hitting. The dog sitting down, the hat putting down. Obviously, there's the sirens of the police cars, isn't there? Like, I think that it lights the home up at the end. That brings it together. So if you didn't see the, if you didn't like understand what was happening, essentially, obviously you did then when you saw the ambulance and the police cars. But I think it was done really quite, I wouldn't, I don't know if the word's classily, but definitely with like dignity. Um, and it, no, I, I don't see it having dra- like dramatized it at all. Um, because it, it happened 
I suppose it kind of happened for a reason. It was, you know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't like a big showbiz death. You, you almost didn't, you didn't see the death really, did you? Um, it's all just hinted at until, until the end. Um, so no, I, I liked it. I'm, I'm quite, I found weirdly refreshed that it went there, if you like. Um, because I think again, I mean, it, now it could have easily not gone there or it could have easily left it kind of your own interpretation, which obviously would have been interesting, but it was a bold move for Cooper, you know, I suppose, and the, and the writing team in general for that to be like his first kind of big film or as well his, his directorial debut. Um, so I think it was brave, interesting, and also, and quite a dignified move, to be honest with you. Yeah, what did you think, Simon? Yeah, I, I, I didn't think it was... Um, I thought it was the right pick. Um, I didn't feel like it was making that... Um, like that was... That would make people think that that's what they should also do. Like, I felt like throughout the film, his kind of... Like, the bad thing is about him. He tried to... They were kept pretty kind of hidden and at bay mm-hmm. as we talked about he never really kind of had these um he there's only one or two points where things got really really bad but most of the time he seemed to be pretty okay at hiding things or he thought he was anyway and i think that's a very a very realistic thing and i think the way that it affected ali um for me anyway it would make me n- not want to live that life i mean you can tell she was mad about him that even though he put her through hell there was always that little bit of hope and like you know i just maybe he can maybe one day he won't need that anymore and he can find a way to be to be happy without them things but i don't think that he i don't think that day was actually ever really there for him and the interesting thing is my whole opinion on the very end is that i think as um as you mentioned that thought about when he has the talk with Ali's m- manager, I actually felt that was the point that pushed him as well. And that if that talk wasn't a thing, I don't think he would have went that far. But mm-hmm. I think most people think that he was kind of on that path no matter what. And I, and I, and I think that he loved her that much that he thought, if I'm not here, her life will be better. So by me not being here, it's the best thing for her. And that yeah, was what yeah. made, and that was what really kind of, you know, hit, hit that really hit, hit me hard. And I think that's a thing that you hear when people take their own life. They think that it's the best thing and they don't realize how much that will actually affect the, like, all the people that they love the most. So it was a very, I think for the film, it didn't feel like that was one step too far or that it made, or that it would make, make people think, Oh, I want to be in a band and get off my face. And it's got to be the best thing in the world. I think people are probably like, actually, that seems like a really bad way to live. You know, I don't want, you know, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my thinking of it anyway. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think the way that they, well, that Bradley Cooper set the film up is that you've got these various landmines and, and every now and then you'll sort of, you know, go left and then one will blow up and then go right and one will blow up. And then afterwards you're thinking about things. There's a lot to absorb in just one viewing. And, yeah. you know, I mean, we haven't even mentioned the scene 
so I, I mentioned the Roy Orbison tribute thing at the Grammys, but then like straight after that, you know, when Ali wins the best new artist thing, he goes on stage and wets himself publicly and passes out. And that's what triggers everything and triggers him to yeah. join the rehab program. And, you know, that's, that's where he kind of really faces his demons. And like, I, I think it's a great point because you don't know which way he's going to go at that point. It, there's, there's nothing to say that he would have gone straight back on that path of well, whichever path he could have gone back on the path to self-destruction he could have gone on a path to suicide he could have gone on a path where he really kind of got his life back together and controlled himself and and got control of his demons we just don't know but it's a you know the, the that little thing that the manager says is probably the one thing that really popped his balloon and just really kind of mm. made him lose control i mean certainly within the context of the film we can only speculate about everything else you know it's just a mystery but i i just think it's fascinating because frequently, you know, I, I, I'm going to guess that we all know someone who's killed themselves. Maybe I mean, I certainly do. And and the one thing you wonder is just like, okay, why did they do it? That's the first thing everyone says yeah. is, why did they do it? Why did they do it? And and there can be so many different reasons. It could be one reason. It could be an amalgamation of different reasons. And I think that's what you kind of the the whole point of this film from his narrative arc is building to that that logical conclusion and and then it kind of, you know it does set up a lot of different things and even the way that he kills himself is him trying to reenact the way that he tried when he was a teenager by hanging himself yeah. and i think he said that you know it was a funny story the way he told it originally that he, he did it and broke the ceiling fan and his dad didn't notice for six months you mm -hmm. know or something but 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 like when he's a teenager he tries and he fails but when he's a huge star, he tries and he succeeds. And, and, you know, that's, that's the sort of tragedy of it. And I mean, I don't think we've really given enough, like, as a final point to, to Ali's narrative arc, where she goes from this, you know, from, from really, from very humble beginnings of someone who's trying to write songs. And, you know, she has like a, a sort of, you know, cabaret act and, and that's it really. And, and it's blind luck that she does get discovered because most artists don't, you know, <laughs> like the, the odds are really lottery like for her to actually have got discovered by a big star and then to, to get invited onto stage by him. It, it's, it's a complete, you know, it doesn't really reflect what the music industry's like, but the the whole title is A Star Is Born. And and for her, yeah. she is the star of this show and her star rises and her narrative arc is fascinating, even as other people keep messing it up effectively. And and uh, I don't know, I just like I mean, we haven't really talked about hers enough, but but what did you guys think is like a final point really about Ali's narrative arc? It's I think it's we we have we absolutely haven't like spoken enough I think about her arc. Um just because I suppose the more, especially as, as people who maybe necessarily didn't know what to expect going into the film, the more shocking and more interesting thing is obviously Bradley Cooper's character. Um, but uh, like Ali's is just as interesting in, in, a, in a way. I mean, from where she starts out to like, I mean, even like the, literally the last scene. So where she's gone from, I suppose, like you say, cabaret act in like a, a drag bar where the, where the drag queens like, like I love her singing, like she even says, doesn't she? I think um, they just like they beg me to sing, they love me to be here. To people begging her to sing and loving her to be on actual st like on stage in front of like you know thousands of people. To like the last scene where it's almost like she she's gone kind of back to her original state. She shed like I think she shed like the orange hair. She's like kind of not gone back, not gone back to basics, but gone back to like low key. Um, and that arc of I mean, the last scene where like it just looks like straight into it into her eye. It's it's just I think that shot is amazing. Like by by the way, I think that I just 
as soon as that happened, the credits fell. I just thought it was a really lovely shot. But her arc, there's, there's not low, there's kind of not loads to talk about because it kind of is an, an arc, isn't it? Like you kind of would expect a star is born. You expect a star to be born. Um, but she always, I think you, you can tell even from when, when, uh, Jackson's character like uh, like wets himself on stage. She doesn't, you know, she she doesn't boot off. She like protects him. She puts him in the shower. She looks after him. She you know takes him to rehab. I think she always that character from the very beginning always loves Jackson. Um, and I think that's really nice because even though they have that argument where she's kind of saying, "Oh yeah, you want me to be your next drinking buddy?" That's quite aggressive. But all the way through the film, she do, she doesn't. She doesn't change her personality too much. She's always kind of trying to get back to what she is. Where she, you know, I think she even tells her manager, "You know, this isn't me, or this shot doesn't look like me." Or just before she finds out what the Grammy, she says the images don't look like her. And I think that's, I think that's a, an interesting story in itself. But like you say, she's getting older in terms of like, I suppose, like pop star uh, royalty. If she's going to get there, but I think she just goes with the flow with a few things, and maybe at the end when she sheds that pop skin does like does she re- regret that I, I don't know um i don't know I, i'd love to hear what you guys thought to be honest yeah simon what did you think yeah i I thought she had a very unique arc in that um there's this whole kind of people who like i think jackson main is from this is from the more kind of old school thought where you write your songs from the like for, like um, from a very personal spot, and it's kind of about what you have to tell the world, and the art's the most important thing, and things like you know outfits and hair and ads and all that aren't aren't what's important. And she kind of has the opinion that well, actually, for her, that's not the way her like art for her is more of the full thing. It's so like I think she looks up you know pop as not being a bad thing and he's like oh you're a fucking pop star you're yeah. writing all these really bad words and what like what is it that these words mean but he never understands that that's what she wants and that actually like doing all these different outfits and maybe i don't know i think it's interesting because most people that would be a bad thing but for her she just likes to, I think she just wants the fame. She wants to have people around who like her and hear her voice. And she likes to write and be involved in everything. And you don't ever feel that she's being forced one way. And as Luke mentioned, when there's things that she's not mad about, she kind of be like, Oh, I actually don't really like that. And then at the very end, when, when she wants him to, to be on the tour, and she basically says, well, either he's on the tour or I'm not on the tour. So I think she's very strong and independent. And I feel very bad for her because I think that in a way, Jackson is quite, is bad for her. You know, like I think he's the person who's holding her back in a way, but he, he, but he thinks it's her. Um, But he, you know, he's the one who kind of wants to mold her into this kind of, into a more old school type of person who's more about the art and beauty and you know and all that kind of stuff so it's kind of a funny little twist on what would be the normal kind of it's 
it's bad to be in pop and it's better to be artsy and to write from you know to write words that have meaning as opposed to what's that one that she had about her boyfriend or something or there's or, or about the ass yeah remember? So yeah like, you know like, almost yeah. poppy, poppy one wasn't it yeah yeah so it's kind of i thought that, that was interesting and um, I thought she, I, yeah, she was just a. It was, it was a very, it was a very unexpected arc for her. I thought, and I think you do feel bad for her because she, she is being dragged down by her dad. You know, there's all that past as well, and the manager is trying to put her into a box, and she's kind of a little bit okay. So, um, the only like slight problem that I maybe had was I thought that her. Rise to fame did happen very fast, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, like she was kind of like there, and then she's on SNL, and you're like, holy shit, that uh, no, that's a pretty big step, and she's winning awards and stuff. But I mean, it's it's a film, and they can't really, you know, it would be it would take way too long for them to actually go through a realistic timeline and that kind of thing. So I mean, the only way but, to you know, justify that's that okay. is maybe the only way to justify that is because. Jackson Maine has kind of co-signed her in such a very public way. And then she's, you know, his girlfriend and, you know, she's got a leg up into the music industry through him directly, really, because if it hadn't been for yeah. him, then she would have been probably languishing in the lower leagues of, of uh, music industry and, or not even that, to be honest. I think the, the other thing is that they come from very different backgrounds. You know, he comes from wherever it is, I don't know, Texas or wherever it is or something or the, or the South, you know, that kind of very country and Western era. And, um, and and also, like you said, like the old school mentality, whereas she, you know, you see where she's hanging out. She's hanging out in, you know, the drag bar and, and um, you know, traditionally like the gay community have, you know, their roots in a very accepting way. They take all different kinds of music and amalgamate it into one or, or you know, there, there are very few restrictions. So for her, she's kind of like probably, well, why should I restrict myself? You know, and he probably doesn't get it. And also... You know, she, she's bang on point in terms of the, the trends of the modern industry, the, the music industry rather. So, whereas for him, everything he's doing is probably was a huge hit, like maybe 20 years ago or something like that. So, you know, he's, he's obviously successful and touring, but it's a very different element to actually kind of, you know, what's hot in the charts right now. So, you know, uh, I don't know. It's, it's very, it's very interesting to see that the sort of dichotomies between the two and, and how they kind of like, antagonize one another on a musical level as well but also how they come together and create gold so there's those two elements kind of dueling constantly through the film um i mean just as a couple of final points was there anything that you think didn't work in a, in a particularly overt way um anything that didn't work i don't i mean i didn't like, i say the manager i think the manager did work but i think he came very like he came over kind of very caricaturely um you know, I think he was kind of like the, like the evil villain, I suppose, of the whole piece. And um, when you got that from early doors, I think, I think, the, I think the very British accent gave it away a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, and that, like, that, that worked and didn't, like, I just wasn't a fan of that. And, um, and I also think that the, when he, the Grammy scene, um, not the, not the performance scene with Jackson, I thought that was like actually quite sick. I quite liked it because you, because you saw him fall down. And actually, when he picks himself back up again, he just riffs. Like, you know, it, it sounds awesome. I think it, it's the scene when, obviously, when he does wet himself and it kind of felt a little, I don't know, a little out of, out of tune with the film, a little, not crude, but just a little bit much, really. 
um, as like a as like a trigger for what was about to come next. Because as you said, that was like, you know, that was the point, wasn't it? That was like almost like the the, the peak. It was all downhill from there. Um, but I just I, it didn't sit sit too well with me. But again, it wasn't it, it wasn't bad. Um, I just wasn't a huge fan. How about yourself, Simon? Um, it's hard to pin it down because, like, I guess the couple of issues I had was I thought that she was just, um, Ali was just, she's just sometimes lacked a little bit of emotion, and I and I just sometimes find it hard to understand why she was still with him at times. Like, it, 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 like it, there's just times when I just didn't really feel mm. uh, that they had this like kind of never never ending love for each other if you know what I mean um, it wasn't that it was bad it's just there's a few little times when I just got pulled out a little bit and I just thought well why is she still putting herself through all of this for him and it like it didn't have that kind of you know cliched romance that like they're gonna that they're like the best the best fit in the world like because they weren't a very good fit so I just would have liked it a little bit more depth but I mean She's not an actor. I think she actually did study acting, apparently, but I just felt like if that was the person who had maybe a little bit more experience as an actor, it would have just come through a little bit clearer, but it wasn't it wasn't that bad. And a few of the tracks, uh, a couple of the pop songs weren't really my bag, but that's okay. I don't think they're really aimed at me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's not really much of a problem, I guess. That's just more of a personal thing. Yeah, I mean, for me, there wasn't much that didn't work. Um, I, I think the way that I sort of viewed them with Lady Gaga's character, well, Lady Gaga as an actress is it was a little bit music video-y at times, but I think that was necessary because, you know, she hasn't got the, the ultimate, she's not a Meryl Streep or something. Do you know what I mean? She's like, in terms of her experience of, of leading films, this is her first yeah. lead film. So I think they had to perhaps, there were kid gloves there in the way that they directed her. I think that was probably a wise decision. I mean, we haven't really mentioned it, but there was quite a troubled development of this. You know, originally it was supposed to be Clint Eastwood and then Beyonce was supposed to be the actual Star is Born character and and then she got pregnant and then it was, you know, there, there was this cavalcade of different actors who were supposed to be in it. And finally, I think it was about three years ago or so, Bradley Cooper kind of sort of just grabbed hold of it and wanted to direct it. So I, I do find it interesting the way that it's all come together and I just... I don't know. I can't really imagine like Beyonce or whoever else involved, but, uh, but then I guess you, you never really can. Um, yeah. I mean, we need to start wrapping it up. So, uh, what were your scores out of 10 for this? Uh, Luke? Um, I was a, re- I was a really big fan. Like I, I just absolutely like film of the year. I loved it. So I'm going to say, I don't, I'm going to say like an eight. I'm going to say an eight. Yeah. Okay. And Simon? Are we? Going for what are you going for here? Halves or holes? Oh, you can you can do like eight point three or seven point nine eight or whatever. Seven and a half. Okay. Uh, for me, I would. I mean, my immediate thoughts when I left the film, I I think it's probably like an eight point four or something like that. Um, thinking back on it, I'm probably more like maybe about seven point nine. Uh, if we're going to be super precise, <laughs> precise about it. Very, very precise. Wow. Thank so we are going half. Oh, no, no, no. We're going like full pitchfork. We're going to go in decimal points, <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's the only way. Um, okay. So, uh, I think that just about wraps us up. Uh, guys, if you just want to shout out, have you got any shout out for yourself or, uh, like social medias or this or projects or anything like that coming up? 
Um, no, just I don't know if you want to, if you care about what I say, I'm on on Twitter, LR Scandley. <laughs> uh, you may, you honestly may not care about what I say. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to have a chat, and and if you've seen the film, let, let's talk about it. And uh, yeah, that that'd be really nice. And yeah, so- I haven't. This is the first. This is the first part I've done in a little bit. I'm normally on the fantasy football pod, but you can find me on Twitter at Hefty Horse. <laughs> nice, is, nice yeah. handle, good one. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a weird one, yeah. <laughs> I'm just triggered by your fantasy football reference because I'm just terrible right now. My season is just going from bad to worse, and I just don't even want to think about it right now. That's a pod right there. Even want to think about it right now. Okay, so you can find me on Twitter at Jessel TV. That's J E S A L TV, and um, and yeah, so I'll be moving forward as the host of this movie night podcast. Uh, so thanks to Gags. And uh, and this has been us with A Star Is Born. So take care, everyone, and catch you next time. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.